Here's the preface of the book. As the reader will quickly discern, I think America's holidays have been, and still are, pretty great. So, if our holidays are already great, why do we need a book to tell us how to make them great again? Perhaps it's not a question of whether the holidays themselves are great or not. Instead, maybe the reason for this book is a response to a feeling that there is something less than satisfactory about the way we experience so many of the holidays. And by extension, maybe there is something amiss with our culture. Indeed, it seems like most every holiday has come to have its own unique type of dissatisfaction and flavor of stress associated with it. It is my hope that with a renewed understanding of each of the holidays and the dynamics associated with them, we may be able to not only enjoy them more, but more importantly, recover some of the healing potential of the holidays that we as individuals in a culture so deeply crave. Clearly, this book is not for everybody. It is not for those that are completely happy with all the holidays. Instead, this is a book for those that feel some combination of frustration, confusion, stress, guilt, or just plain bewilderment about any of the holidays that make up the year in America. For as long as I can remember, many of my friends and family have struggled with various holidays in many different ways. Some have expressed the usual and nearly ubiquitous sadness of not feeling the Christmas spirit. Many have also expressed the frustration with the materialism that has overwhelmed most of our sacred holidays, just to name a few. In an effort to understand and possibly relieve the stress, they have offered various explanations as to why they feel the way they do about a particular holiday. Others have struggled over how to celebrate their own holidays or felt guilty about not devoting any real time to contemplating, say, our veterans on the appointed day. Everyone knows day-to-day -day life is challenging enough, so these added dissatisfactions of various kinds only seem to make life more challenging, resulting in many to wish the holiday did not exist or do their best to simply ignore it. There is a great loss since holidays were created, at the very least, to provide breaks from the routine of daily life. But more importantly, they serve to compel us to think about things that might otherwise get swept out of consciousness because of the burdens of the daily grind. Things, are, things that are the deeper stuff of what it is to be human. If a holiday is ignored or denigrated, it is a missed opportunity. It is my contention the holidays have the potential to give us what we all so desperately crave, periodic spiritual rejuvenation and fulfillment as well as very real opportunities to find a balance between the need for traditions and the sense of stability they provide, with the need for reinvention and surprise and the transformative relief from boredom that it provides. Some of us are lucky enough to find these qualities in our daily life, our work, family relationships, hobbies, religious practices, and friendships. But almost all of us do not get enough. Like vitamins and nutrients for our bodies, our souls need more than one kind of sustenance to truly thrive. It is my contention we as a culture have lost touch with an understanding of our holidays, an understanding that would allow them to serve and nurture us rather than stress and drain us, an understanding that would allow us to make choices that result in nurturing experiences, and an understanding that positions us to receive the best of what each holiday has to offer. 
Furthermore, as I began to write this book, I realized there is another dimension to holidays that was affecting me, but that I was heretofore not aware of. That the holidays don't just exist in a chronological line, starting and ending with New Year's, and coming one after the next. No, they exist in various proportional relationships to each other in all kinds of complex ways, as well as corresponding to our individual and collective needs in a mostly elegant set of interrelationships. For example, I came to realize that Americans have one way or another create a ho created a holiday in each of the quarters of the year that provide opportunities for civic debauchery and otherwise unacceptable reckless behavior. New Year's Eve, St. Patrick's Day, 4th of July, and Halloween. These four holidays are nearly exactly one quarter of a year apart from each other. There are dozens of these kinds of relationships and proportional dynamics that reveal so much about our collective genius to invent a rich, interwoven tapestry of ways to celebrate that I simply had not seen before. And this set of relationships acts as a counterpoint to the otherwise highly linear way we think of the year. Because these insights about the healing capabilities of the holidays and the complexity of their relationship to each other with respect to our needs is so compelling, I have decided not to make this a book about the history of the holidays. That is a noble idea and probably a needed topic to examine, but it will not be the purview of this book. I may make occasional references to the history of a holiday, but only to make a point about the previously stated subjects rather than as a history lesson or an effort to set the record straight. Setting the record straight is almost a topic for a book about any of the holidays in and of itself. Getting the history right and having a more in-depth understanding of how any of our holidays got started are all noble concerns. However, like the more basic topic of the history of holidays, that will not be the focus of this book. I include considerations of historical origins or other facts about any given history in so much as it might help open our ability to experience a holiday in a way that is nurturing and fulfilling, but not for the purpose of setting the record straight, and certainly not to denounce any particular group, group's way of celebrating, historically correct or not. It is not a question of whether one's interpretation of what a particular holiday is truly about is correct or not, historically accurate or not. Instead, this book will use the idea of individual and collective rejuvenation as the measure to determine what makes a holiday great or not. The questions I am asking in writing of this book are more like how well does it serve the spiritual needs of those who celebrate it, and how does it impact those around us who may have a different idea about, about it or simply do not recognize it as a holiday. In short, the issue is whether our understanding of any particular holiday is fulfilling or not. That is really the basic question. If a holiday is creating more stress and unhappiness, then there is either something wrong with the holiday or with our understanding of it. I have written this book with the premise that there is nothing fundamentally wrong with our holidays, but there is something seriously wrong with our understanding and ways of experiencing them. This book is an attempt to provide an understanding of each of America's holidays that will allow us to approach each holiday with fresh insights and understandings that will bring back some of the fun and joy associated with them. More importantly, it is my hope 
This book will help each reader find their way back to a place that allows for fulfillment in each holiday. A place we always knew was there, a kind of experience that we have glimpsed from time to time or experienced in our childhood, but for whatever reason, lost sight of in the grist of daily life. There is a third possibility, of course, that there is something wrong with the holiday and our understanding of it. I will include some thoughts surrounding the current debate about Columbus Day as well as explore the idea of a missing holiday. Maybe there is some aspect of our culture and our history that is not only worthy of honor, but that by not having it in our annual, annual calendar, we are missing out on an opportunity for a particular kind of civic-wide personal and cultural revivication and healing, the kind I am advocating for at each of our already existing holidays. Or, by not having a holiday on our calendar that our collective soul knows we should have, it is threatening to steal something from an already existing holiday or holidays, like a black hole drawing energy away from other holidays. I will explore these ideas in some of the chapters. Since many of the holidays on our calendar involve gifting, I will be making more in-depth comments about the value and nature of gifts as ways to enhance community and relationships. Furthermore, I will share my thoughts about how a certain understanding of gifting can be a powerful healing force for an individual or groups of various sizes. Perhaps never in my 30-plus years of adulthood do I ever remember a time that needed forces for healing and cohesion as much as now. For whatever reason, this seems to be a time of intense, deep soul-searching, pain, and division. I believe that as painful and difficult as this time is, it is an equally powerful opportunity for real healing as opposed to the icing over of deep wounds, festering misunderstandings, and legitimate grievances with platitudes and empty, politically correct behaviors that was a commonplace now for a few decades. Never before has there been such a need for the power of forgiveness and the deep healing of genuine love. But how does one get to a place where those noble sentiments can be genuinely extended and received? I believe a fresh look at the dynamics of gifting will help with all of this, and I believe these times are especially ripe for this kind of healing and transformation. Holidays are certainly a great place to start looking for such resources of restoration. They are at least as good, a, if not a better place to begin looking than balance sheets and quarterly stock reports. Not that there is anything wrong with a thriving economy and abundant material wealth, but perhaps it is revealing that in a time when the stock market has sustained record-breaking highs, and until recently unemployment was at historical lows, and inflation is stable and credit is widely accessible, that we would be witnessing a time of such unprecedented divisiveness, stress, and spiritual bereavement, both on a personal and a cultural level. Clearly, economic development alone does not provide increased awareness of healing. That work seems to require looking somewhere else. Our holidays look to me like a great storehouse of love and nourishment for America's divided and troubled soul. But this great wealth of love and healing isn't going to just come rolling out by itself. We have to reach for it and unlock its secrets. Secrets that are only secrets because we have not approached it with the inquisitiveness and freshness that would make it possible. I don't pretend to have all the answers, 
In fact, I don't have any answers at all to unlock the love and the healing I believe is there for all of us. More than ever before, each one of us is going to have to take the responsibility to discover that for themselves and render meaning into each of the holidays. One thing I am sure of is that the, to, the degree to which we actively render meaning into each holiday is the degree to which we will be fulfilled and transformed by them. What I can and hope to do with this book is point the way a little. I can also reference some very wise people whose knowledge, insight, and guidance, and care has helped me in so many ways. I am deeply indebted to the writings on the nature of the gift by Lewis Hyde. I will draw on them heavily here. From Joseph Campbell, I learned how to think in various levels of abstraction and hence see the metaphoric underpinnings of holidays. That, in turn, has allowed me to see the commonalities between the holidays and the issues of my own individual life. That commonality allows me to see value and applicability instead of seeing irrelevance and triviality, just to cite one example. Camille Paglia's forceful thesis on the development of the Western eye and its relationship to the forces of nature has also shed a great deal of light on what drives our needs in creating and maintaining holidays. I am also deeply indebted to my mother, who from a very early age allowed me to explore my own ideas about holidays. She even allowed me to decorate the entire house for Christmas one July when I was about eight years old. My hope was that by bringing out all the trappings of Christmas at exactly the wrong time of year, we might be able to get a fresh look at what it was all about. Besides, I reasoned, if we decorated the tree twice a year, we wouldn't need to fight over whether the tree should have icicle tinsel or string tinsel, an annual debate laced with so much vitriol that I found it deeply disturbing even at the age of eight. This book will begin with birthdays. Our birthday, after all, is our first holiday. It also happens every day of the year, and that in itself is fun to think about. It is also rife with strife and misgiving about how to celebrate it or simply ignore it. Moreover, it is a nice bookend to the last holidays I'll write about, Christmas, which is, by the way, a birthday holiday, and New Year's, which is a celebration of the birth of a new year. I will also include secular holidays, big and small, such as the 4th of July, Veterans Day, and Thanksgiving. These holidays will allow me to explore such themes as the confusion between nationalism and patriotism, and the importance of coming together as a whole nation, as opposed to coming together as a family or a religious group. This naturally extends to the potential yet unexplored capability of seeing oneself simultaneously integrated into various scales of organizations, rather than seeing these as inherently in conflict with each other. One can, theoretically, be proud to be an American and also see themselves as a world citizen. There are also quote-unquote alternative holidays included, such as Kwanzaa and summer solstice parades, that have yielded insights about healing needs related to tribal identity, recognition, and dignity that having a holiday can bestow on a group. There are also holidays such as Halloween and Gay Pride that have taken on new healing properties during the course of my adult life by giving individuals and groups a chance to explore and express their sexuality and sexual identity. These holidays, each in their own way, give people a combination of permission and cover 
to experiment and reveal something hidden with relative freedom from retribution and insult. I've also included a few special holidays, such as the annual Memorial Day of a loved one who has passed away. Among other reasons, these occasions really punctuate one of the main themes of this book, which is the value and power of creating one's own rites and rituals for special occasions. There are also exotic holidays included here, such as Chinese New Year and Hanukkah. These holidays are not exotic to Chinese and Jewish people, of course, but they are to a shrinking majority of Americans. I want to explore the positive value of their exoticness and how, by having them in our culture, they can act as a positive stimulus to think more deeply about our own traditions, helping us to discover their deeper meanings and maybe help us let go of some of the more superficial aspects of our celebrations, which don't serve us anymore, and maybe give us new stuff to add to our own celebrations, or better, add a whole new holiday to embrace and enjoy. This is also an opportunity to contemplate the process of transformation from exotic to mainstream that is now undeniably part of modern life in America. And finally, I will include the book with a chapter, I will conclude the book with a chapter on New Year's Eve, the holiday to which my mind has the ability to most easily ask us to think about ourselves as citizens of the world. I will address the healing power of that idea and how a fun holiday, most associated with uncorking champagne, can serve to give us all a very real and tang tangible moment of that thrilling feeling of being part of something bigger than ourselves, even bigger than our nation or religious group. Overall, though, it is my hope that by devoting some time and energy to looking at and reconsidering our year's worth of holidays as a whole, we will make some profound personal realizations and discoveries. I am hoping that each reader will be able to see the arc of our years, studded with so many fantastic holiday stars, and see they are related to each other in ways we had not previously considered. Some of them are deeply religious, others profoundly civic or playfully personal, and some just delightfully foreign and suggestive of possibility. And when taken together as a whole, they make a powerful force for repeated rejuvenation and fulfillment. It is said the unexamined life is not worth living. I couldn't agree more. But I would add to that the uncelebrated life is not worth examining. Instead of blaming the holidays themselves, or foreigners, or excessive materialism for souring our holidays, perhaps we need only think about things a little differently and rediscover the entity over which we have the most control, ourselves. It is my hope this book will help you make discoveries throughout the year that will allow you to restore genuine power and sincerity when you say, Happy Holidays.